Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pre-Game on 101.1 The Beard. Starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie. Inside the Red Raiders publisher Jarrett Johnson. The Beard Sports Director Sean Dillon. And host of the Rockin' Pre-Game, Jeff Scott. All right, welcome to the show. Coming up today, we'll be breaking down the uh, top targets for Texas Tech football and basketball for 2021. Plus, um, Alan Bowman finally makes it official in the transfer portal. Um, There's cancellations, COVID rescheduling for the Red Raiders. Pete will break down Lady Raider basketball. And uh, the college baseball showdown is on the horizon. That's really cool. Uh, We'll talk about that. Plus, the latest Rockin' 25 college basketball poll will be unveiled today. And a look at the Texas Tech sports calendar. All of that coming up today on the Rockin' Pregame. Pete, hi Pete. Hi Jared. Happy How's New Year, Pete. Happy New Year, Pete. I, I, you're not going to hear that from me anymore. Sickening. It's, 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 past, uh, it's past Happy New Year time. Um, all right. Rockin' Reality Check. It doesn't seem like a whole lot really has happened since last Friday, uh, you know, overall, really. So I don't know. I still feel pretty good. I'm excited about baseball, though. I know that for sure. That State Farm Classic that's coming up. Man, that's, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's like a preseason Omaha. It really you know? is. Yeah. Six I mean, top ten teams. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, so. it's going to be cool. So, uh, so rock and reality check for, for me is I'm very excited about baseball season uh, coming up here. Who would yeah. like to go next? I guess I'll, I'll do the Bowman uh, talk. <laughs> it's the, the worst kept secret, I think, um, that Alan Bowman was going to transfer. We talked about it pretty much right after the season ended. Um, but he announced it officially on social media this morning. So uh, quarterback Alan Bowman is transferring. I've heard that a couple of G5 schools have already reached out about, you know, has he hit the portal yet exactly and all that and um, just what the scoop is on, on Alan Bowman and what happened. Basically what happened between a couple of really good games his freshman year to uh, what we saw the last couple of years. Yeah. So. Where do you think he goes? Do you have any idea where you, there's any speculation where he ends up? Because, you know, early on it was like people said SMU, but then they've, they've clearly moved in different directions there. But I mean, I think he'll he'll go to a G5 school. You think? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure exactly which one, but yeah. he followed um, several um, non-Power 5 schools right, yeah. pretty much right after the the season on social media. And that's, like I said, that's that's the projection I would give him. Yeah. And that's the projection that uh, we're already seeing in the in the portal from 24-7 sports' uh, perspective. I think it's good for, you know, for it's good for Tech in that now you just remove him from the equation and there's no more of this, gosh, should we play him? He's ex- kind of got some experience. I mean, it just seemed like it, it, just, it was just one more thing to muddy up the waters. And if you're going to build something for the future, I don't know. I just... I wish him the best, but but I I'm glad that finally has happened and to kind of just get on with it and planning for the future. So we'll see what happens. My, you know, I've said this every week. Um, whether Bowman was here or not, the biggest question for me this offseason is what are they going to do at quarterback? Mm-hmm. And I expect um, several walk-ons to be added to the room. 
Um, I still think they're going to look for a veteran guy to transfer in, an actual scholarship player mm-hmm. at some point. I just don't know if he's in the portal right now. In the meantime, I think Sunny Cumbie's going to keep adding arms uh, yeah. to what they have right now. And You know, I personally wouldn't have a problem if they went. I think they want to. And I, that's to me, it's clear that they should go with the young guys. They should let, roll the ball out to Donovan Smith and Baron Morden, who's mm-hmm. on campus now, and and see, let the best man win, you know, and let mm-hmm. them compete. Maybe both of them get snaps uh, this upcoming season. But uh, the way it is right now, they have to win. If right. they don't win next season, if they lose a couple of games they shouldn't have because of young, inexperienced quarterback play, then they're all those people are going to lose their jobs. So. I, you know, if you're a tech fan, you want them to to play those young guys right now, um, not some guy who's going to come in and you know play for a year. And, you know, it could stymie the young guys. Um, uh, you know, their production. You know, yeah. their uh, development. Lack for lack of a better term. But a transfer guy might give you a better chance to win, right? Win what? Six, seven games? You know what I mean? Like, which would be nice. But I mean, I, to me, if you're building, if you're truly building towards the future, yeah. I, I really like Donovan Smith and Barrett Morton. Those are two guys that are on your roster that are Power Five caliber quarterbacks, Big Twelve caliber quarterbacks. So, so what if? Uh, so I know it's really a predicament because the coaching staff needs to win, but they also need to to build something, and that's what's so sad is this you know this deep into the Wells thing now, quarterback is still yeah in the you know I mean you, it would have been nice if year one you you just came and found your guy and just started building, and then now you'd be into a position where you'd already kind of kind of you know established that guy, and now they're still flailing in a situation they got to win. So yeah, and, and they don't and they open up, you know, they don't play at Cream Puff. They go to Houston. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to start 0-1. Their non-conference isn't that tough, though. No, you after know, Florida that, International yeah. with Stephen of Austin. I mean, Houston, I mean, are they that good? I don't It's probably the worst Houston team, what, in the last 10 years? If we look at it, I mean, they're not uh, that good. Yeah. I don't so, know. Well, either it's tech, so, you well, know. that's true. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, come on. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, you're right. I mean, that's probably a, a coin toss game, but what's funny is that, you know, they, they went with David Yost, obviously offensive coordinator, and that was one of the big reasons for optimism for Wells coming in when he came in. And then I remember the whole – I don't know if you remember this, Pete, but uh, the Alan Bowman riding in uh, Yost's Jeep to the yes. press conference, all that flashed on that today. And I was like, man, boy, now Yost is fired. He was the scapegoat, and, and Bowman is gone. And I do think, though, Jeff, you brought up a good point that maybe Bowman had to leave so that they could move forward at the position. You know, it's like they yeah. were stuck with – well, Bowman had that good game against Houston three years ago or whatever, right. you know, and, which was a terrible defense, by the way. I don't know if you – like, they had like <laughs> – they were like Tech. They had a historically good offense that year and a terrible defense. Oh, he had a good first half against Oklahoma. Yeah, that defensive coordinator was fired after that season. I mean, that was right. like the worst, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the worst Oklahoma defense like, one, was, in history. I'm, yeah, that was I'm just lowest, saying. Yeah. So, like, I always felt like Bowman was overrated. I just I did, and I've yeah. said that before while he was here. But you know, uh, he said all the right things today um, in his message, and you know, maybe he'll he you know he, he fought through a lot of injuries. I think overall he was a tough guy, and uh, you know, best of luck to him moving forward. Yeah, and you know, he goes out with that Baylor. I mean, he threw an interception early, he came back and, and helped him win, and then you know, he, he he did what he did. 
So, yeah. Well, Pete, rock and reality check for you. Well, I'll go with the Lady Raiders. You know, they they got a big win over number twenty Texas. They went on the road and beat Kansas, and you you kind of see them uh, coming together now. And you look at the the conference standings, and of course, Baylor's always up top there. Iowa State's actually in first right now, but you know Kansas State is zero and two in the Big Twelve. Uh, Kansas was only like one and two. I mean, a lot of the teams are dealing with COVID issues. They, I mean, the Lady Raiders have already played eight or nine games in conference. Some schools have only played two or three, so it's really skewed right now. And if you can really get your your act together, you might be able to pick off a lot of these teams right now while they're you know trying to come back and and get in rhythm of things. So uh, I'm happy for Krista Girl. Uh, Red Raiders, meanwhile, uh, two games postponed this week. Uh, they did announce this morning that the TCU game uh, has been rescheduled for the day after Valentine's, February 15th in Fort Worth. But, uh, you know, tomorrow's game with Iowa State is postponed. Uh, the Cyclones have paused things for uh, dealing with COVID. So the Red Raiders waiting for a big Monday game now, hopefully. And that's at West Virginia. So, and then we talked about baseball. I mean, gosh, uh, you know, you probably haven't been to the new Rangers Stadium. This is the perfect opportunity. Uh, February 19, 2021, playing three top 10 teams from the SEC. Tickets went on sale yesterday. I saw people all over Facebook super excited. I mean, what an opportunity to get back and watch some sports in a big venue, spread out, safe, Red Raiders, uh, Globe Life Park. Uh, that might be heaven for a lot of people. Yeah, I think it's like fifteen to 16,000 people. It's going to be 14 great. 14 to 15. Yeah, with, with that's great. That, is Rangers that, okay. dude okay. Yep. okay, all right. But, uh, you know. Yeah, okay. No, that's that's uh, that's not bad, I guess. Um, and then I think, yeah, the tickets are like 25 bucks, I think, for a day pass. A day pass, you get yeah. You see three games that day. So, yeah, that's man, that's a great deal for yeah. some top-notch baseball. I mean, that's, you know, I that that really uh, that really got me excited about baseball season. Seeing yeah, and the schedule's not even That's, out. We know those actually, three. Actually, we have breaking oh, news. Out. Did it come out? We have breaking news. Yeah, it's, it has now been released. Well, there you go. So yeah, that that just, uh, home, that just versus, home versus Oklahoma State, March nineteenth through twenty first, at Kansas State, April second through fourth. Home versus uh, a, uh, TCU, ninth through the eleventh, at West Virginia, the sixteenth through the eighteenth. Home versus Baylor the 23rd through the 25th. Then you have Texas, top 10, uh, at uh, Texas, April 30th and May, to May 2nd. And then at Oklahoma, May 14th to May 16th. All Kansas, right. May 20th through well, How about going back up to the top? When's the first home game? UConn's coming in? When, do, they, do they have that, or they haven't told us that yet? They haven't told us the non-conference. Okay, I know UConn's coming for a four-game series. I'm excited just to see them play anybody here. Yeah, I know. We, yeah. Hey, we might yeah. get together the Rocket pregame show team, and we'll go play them. Yeah, hey, there you go. Inside the RedRaiders.com recruiting. All right, so we'll start with basketball. Uh, taking a look at five of the top targets for the 2022 signing class. So, man, that sounds so futuristic. The 2022 <laughs> class, man. That's uh, so. Yeah, what uh, is this? Is it exciting? It's very exciting. I mean, okay. we know the level of Texas Tech basketball is recruiting on right now. I mean, they basically go after top 100 players, the best players in Texas for sure, and then they, they recruit coast to coast. Um, that's before we even get to what they do in the junior college and transfer portal yeah. markets. I mean, they, they crush that. But this is these are high school guys. These are big-time guys. I want to start, though, locally. A guy, I've, uh, I think he's actually been on our show before, and I've mentioned several times, is Brendan Housen out of Amarillo, 6'4 guard. He's a sharp shooter. I think just last week he, he nailed six trays like in the first half of a game. The game was blown out like in a district. Nice. 
nice. game. Um, and he's definitely one of those you have to get in his face and guard as soon as he comes a- across half court. He's got that kind of range. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. He likes Texas Tech. I interviewed him. Um, he went to the season opener this season. Of course, he couldn't actually visit and go see the everyone, but um, he did go to the game. Um, he's been to several Tech games. It was interesting getting his perspective on how different it was under COVID restrictions. You know what I mean? Because yeah. <laughs> that's one thing the recruits always talk about is what a great atmosphere it is there at the USA. And, uh, but he still liked the way uh, Tech played. He's still a huge fan of uh, Coach Malagai, Coach Beard, um, and Texas Tech. He has several um, offers, including Oklahoma, Houston, teams to 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 worry about in terms of competition i think texas tech's going to be there in the end and i think it's going to come down to oklahoma and and tech and i think it's going to be a fierce battle for him he's exactly the kind of player i think they need they miss that kind of moro Uh, he could be a replacement for mcclung when he leaves hypothetically you know for that kind of guy to stretch stretch the court for the red raiders all right. Well, that's what, what does it come down. To? So again, you know, you have a fierce when it's a fierce battle yeah. like that between two teams. You know, that and I guess it's it's hard to say what what is the deciding factor of stuff like that. I mean, maybe he just is more comfortable in in a town or something or whatever. Yeah. But but for Tech to have you know like the the Womble facility and those kind of things. I mean, it is there? I mean, you know, Oklahoma's facilities across the athletic department are top notch as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Tech is definitely up there in the arms race in basketball. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, it's not like Oklahoma is going to lose a lot of points in that that regard. Um, And they have a great coach as well. I think it's going to, in my opinion, in talking with Brendan several times, I think it's going to come down to whoever he believes gives him the best chance of getting to the NBA. Yeah. And that's when you when you start getting he's 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 a three star guy which uh, he outplayed some four star guys last summer so he's yeah. on the radar uh, nationally but he's ranked 194th overall in the 2022 class and that's about as the worst rating you're going to see Tech go after but right. he's a unique case they really like him and for good reason because you yeah. watch this guy play he's not just a sharpshooter he can do several things but he's a guy who can run your offense who absolutely will be one of the first guys opposed and teams will have to focus on. And he's in the area next week. Uh, Amarillo is at Plainview next Friday night, the 29th. We should go to the game. Yeah. yeah. We should do that. Back in the day, we'd all, the whole crew yeah. would go, yeah, go see that. some That's right. possible future Red Raiders. That'd be fun. Yeah, back in the back in the old days, man. Um, yeah, you know, it's amazing how many great basketball players there are in the country, though. I mean, when you, oh, you yeah. talk about a guy like this and where he's you know rated or, or whatever, God just shows how many guys can can really play you know it's amazing just in texas i'm going to mention yeah. a couple other guys that i several of tech's top targets are in texas the next two guys i'm going to mention are as well arterio morris a 6-3 point guard out of dallas kimball he's a four-star guy rated you know he's 66 in the country some people think he's way better than that he recently just decommitted from Memphis. Uh, I mean, he has offers from all over. I mean, he's, he's you're, you're 66 in the country. Every almost everybody wants you, but I think it is going to come down to Tech and Memphis. I think he might go end up still uh, recommitting with Memphis. Why did he decommit from there? Anybody I don't know. know? That. No, I mean, yeah. I'm sure somebody knows. I don't know right. exactly why he decommitted, yeah. but uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think maybe he just wanted to open things up. You know, sometimes yeah. guys will commit early and they'll. Because that's one thing I did here is that maybe he just wanted to 
open it up. Sometimes guys just are like, man, nobody's talking to me anymore after I committed, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't forget about me, you know what I mean? Right. So I, I don't know that that's the case with him, but I think maybe he may have just been like, I, I committed a little too early there. Yeah, and I guess, too, sometimes maybe they commit to, it's like a placeholder, like, listen, I don't want to get too greedy here. Let me go ahead and commit to this. Like, I got, I've got this. Right. But then let's see what else come, comes along. Yeah. Or sometimes they just yeah. get wild. You know, you get wild by some slick recruiter, and you're yeah. like, and you commit, and you're like, oh, man, I don't, am, I, am I sure I want to go there? You know? Right. And they still have some time. Because so. really, it's going to be uh, next, was it in October or November, whatever the early period is? I think it's November. Isn't that right, Pete? The early basketball sign period normally is. So, yeah, I think it's, yeah, November. So they have they have a long time still to to decide. Yeah. Uh, Keontae George is another guard. Uh, this guy, he's a five star. All right, he's <laughs> wow. number one player in Texas. I think your main competition is going to be G League. Wow. All right, because okay. yeah. I mean it's like Kansas, Arkansas, and Tech, and you know everybody. Kentucky wants him. You know everybody wants him. You're t- top ten player. Uh, you're gonna be, he's a guy who can jump out of the gym. He does everything. Uh, jump out the gym, create for his uh, teammates, good defender. Um, he went head-to-head his team. He he plays for iSchool Entrepreneurial Academy in Louisville. All right? It's his new school. Okay. Never heard of that in my life. Until, <laughs> yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they took on you know, Jalen Tyson, who, oh, by the way, 2021 Texas Tech signee, he just moved up uh, 10 spots to uh, to 34th, 35th in the country. Um, I think he actually just dropped recently by one spot. This is always moving. But he, he got as high as 34th in the country. All right? Uh, 6'6 wing. And he signed with Texas Tech, so he's going to be a, a Red Raider. But those two teams took each other on, uh, took on each other, and it was a back-and-forth affair. Uh, Jalen Tyson and uh, Pope John Paul, uh, man, they they took a, a lead early in the second half, and then he fouled out. Tyson looked great. It was on TV. I think it was on Fox Sports Southwest. And I mean, I, Tyson made four or five threes, had a couple dunks. He looked great. But then uh, Keontae George, who I just mentioned, that five-star, took over late, yeah. and they won that game. So Pope John Paul wasn't playing. That's the school, right? Okay. Plano John yeah. Paul II is oh, actually the. Oh, okay. these these names of these schools, man. It's not like you know. I, I'm cool with Dallas Kimball or Amarillo High. Yeah, I, I get that. that. Yeah. No, I thought I was right. sitting there. I was like, wait a minute, is that the school? Or was it? Man, I, I didn't know the Pope played. Wow, right. impressive. <laughs> oh. uh, man, and so everybody always asks me, just like to ask, what about offensive, defense, alignment, and football? They want to know about the big men that yeah. Coach Beard are recruiting. Grady Dick is a guy of, uh, from Wichita, Kansas. He goes. Uh, he plays for Sunrise Christian there. He's a four-star, 28th in the country. Texas Tech recently made his top eight. Um, he's definitely, a you know, like most of the big guys nowadays, face-the-basket kind of player. Um, but he would be kind of the wing or a guy who could play four. Kind of like, he doesn't have the same game as Terrence Shannon, but I think he would play a similar position in terms of, like, he was still guard. Some of the bigger guys mm. be counted on to rebound, but really offensive wise, uh, skill wise, he's like a wing. Okay, so and how how tall is Six, he? Six seven. Okay, so he's not huge, big man. Not so, huge, but yeah. that's he's a Ford. Yeah. He is a Ford. Yeah. Okay. Know? All right. And then you want a real big man? You want a center? All right. Yeah. Six eleven. Thank you. Uh, El Ware uh, from North Little Rock High School, obviously in Arkansas, four star, ranked sixty seventh. Arkansas is in the mix, but yeah. I mean, uh, he's a, a highly rated guy. Big men are like defensive linemen, mm-hmm. especially nowadays. They're hard to come by. So 
a lot of competition for him, but I do think Texas Tech, um, you know, he mentioned, recently told 24-7 Sports that uh, he really likes Coach Beard, he likes the coaching staff, and I think Texas Tech, if they want him, I think it's going to be, they're going to have a very good chance of bringing him in. That'd be cool, man. He is a 6'10 guy. Drop step and uh, 6'11. 6'11, yeah, okay. Uh, And he's a drop step and dunk on your head kind of guy. So. I, pretty exciting. much what everybody wants. Right, everybody's yeah. asking for. So. Yeah, he was at least one of those guys. Those are the five guys for just looking ahead. That they're juniors right now, 2022 class. That Tech is in and actively recruiting all these guys, in on and recruiting all these guys. And uh, definitely going to be names you're going to hear mm-hmm. in the coming months. Yeah. Gosh, man. That's, that's crazy on you know, recruiting. Just never, never stops. Oh, you know, it's yeah. amazing oh. to me how far into the future that they recruit now with, you know, the guys. It seems like they get younger and younger all the time with the. You know how the guys are on their radar so oh, yeah. much earlier than they offered. Tech know? offered like an eighth grader, like yeah, really? like within the last year. I it's been the COVID year, so I can't remember. Yeah, but within the last year, they offered like an eighth grader. That's right. So, yeah, I, I mean, remember that. Yeah. Golly, that is just. You know, I, that, I mean, it's such a roll of the dice because you just never know. I mean, the, the worst story or best, however you want to look at it, was I remember this freshman that was in the South Lake Carroll system, but he. Never, he wasn't on the varsity team. Got offered by UCLA back in the day when I was working with the Fort Worth Star Telegram. And my editor's like, "You got to write a story on this." I was like, "A story on what?" You know, they offered him the end. They're like, get a quote from the head coach, which at the time was Hal Watson. So I called him. He was like, "Who the hell is this guy? I've never heard of him in my life." So I was like, "Great, can you help me with skip coach, please? Help me out. Give me some quote." He was like, well, "I'll do my best, but I don't even know who this guy is." You know? Wow. So he's like, "Let me check with my JV coach." And I was like, "Oh man." So that to give you an idea how crazy recruiting is. And then now, man, with the transfer portal the way it is, like I don't think we have fully seen just how crazy recruiting is going to be because people are like, oh, what are you doing now You know, with recruiting with the dead period? I'm like, man, it's it's 24-7, literally. Yeah. All, with the transfer portal, there's always something happening and changing right now. So when the dead period, assuming it does open up at some point, when we start getting those visitor weekends again, to go along with the transfer portal opening up the way it has, Man, you may never sleep again. I know. <laughs> no, no free time for me. That's for sure. Yeah, God, I'm be hiring a lot of interns. Yeah. <laughs> Inside the RedRaiders.com recruiting. All right. So if you're just joining us, we we're just going over uh, as far as basketball. You know, we we're talking to some of the targets that they're looking at for the future, and then uh, Jared touched on the the fact that you know the, the transfer portal is just such a it's just becoming crazier and crazier as far as just the sheer number of players that are declaring, you know, going to the number, portal. Yeah. I mean, it is, it really, it's like, just like mass free agency and it's changing so quick that, yeah, we mentioned you're probably not going to be sleeping much. And uh, <laughs> so thanks for taking one for the team here. But, uh, but yeah, let's move to football now. And, yeah. you know, when you're talking about the, those transfer guys, I mean, you know, guys that are out there now and, uh, able to the type of players that you know a lot of times come in and make an immediate impact in improving the team. You should look at this past season for Tech football, uh, the impact that the the transfers yeah. made without those guys. Oh my gosh! You know, you imagine, uh, you know, imagine it wasn't without spectacular, Zach McPherson, yeah. Schooler, and right. I mean, I, it'd be it'd be tough. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so as far as some transfer portal targets for football that that you know of right now. Yeah, there's some uh, big ones right now. Actually, uh, offensive lineman T.J. Stormont is one to keep an eye on, all right? Uh, I think Texas Tech is big time in the mix, North Carolina, um, some other schools. He was at TCU last year. He's a grad transfer, so he can transfer within conference and play immediately. But he was a second-team All-Big 12 performer 
okay. this past year for TCU. He was originally a Colorado State, 6'7", 315 pounds. Like I said, North Carolina, Penn State, Arizona State, Purdue, Texas. I think Texas obviously is one to watch. And then even East Carolina uh, are all in the mix. Um, Tech is actively recruiting him. He would be an upgrade at tackle for you. Yeah, six seven three fifteen. Yes, and he's not like fat. You know what I mean? Like he could he could fill out actually. Yeah. from that, <laughs> which sounds crazy. But yeah. wow, I mean, jeez, he's really not. He's okay. a good player. I, I I'm not saying. I mean, he's all. He was a second team, all conference player. Mm-hmm. So there yeah. you go. I mean, I Tech didn't have that at tackle last year. Right, right. So uh, and then another. This really, I found this found out about this yesterday, but it's really excited. Um, linebacker. Quavaris Crouch, 6'2", 235 pounds. Now, this is coming from Tennessee. Of course, they had just had the uh, massive coach shakeup. Mm-hmm. So, they're, I mean, it's a mass exodus there from oh, yeah, lands and Knoxville. You know? yeah. And this is one of the best ones. Um, he's a former blue chipper. Uh, he was the number 61 overall player of the 2019 class coming out of North Carolina. He was the number one player out of that state. He played running back and linebacker. Uh, in high school, he actually played running back and linebacker his true freshman season at Tennessee. He scored two touchdowns as a running back. Then he had almost 30 tackles as a linebacker. Last year in 10 games, he had over 50 tackles, a couple stops for loss, a couple pass breakups, a couple forced fumbles. Um, Tech hosted him on a Zoom visit yesterday afternoon. Now, here's the deal. Here's what, what has me excited because everybody wants this guy. I mean, you add this guy to your to your room, you're, you're probably going to upgrade that room. Uh, but Malik Dunlap. A uh, 6'4 cornerback who just transferred in for this semester out of NC State. Um, you know, that's his brother, his his, oh, wow. his okay. true brother. Uh, and they went to the same high school together and all that in North Carolina. So you have a major in there. Um, and like I said, Malik Dunlap was in in itself was a huge get. I mean, I, he's going to start for you at corner. 6'4, 220. Start yeah, a six four corner, six, four, man. Two, that's, watch yeah. his film. It's like whoa, he can run for a guy that yeah. big. You know, I mean, Tech man. Wasn't that long ago they didn't have linebackers that big. Right. You know what I mean? right yeah. Now they got a corner out there yeah. that big. You know, so I, I'm really excited about him and himself. And he has three years of eligibility. Crouch does as well. So I, I'm, I'm excited about that. Okay. Um, another guy, and I mentioned, of course, you know, we talked about Alan Bowman. Uh, you know, announcing that he's going to enter the transfer portal. Uh, quarterback Parker McNeil. Uh, he was the third string quarterback at Troy this past year, but. He transferred in from uh, Navarro Junior College. He was a two-time All-American at the junior college level and the off- National Offensive Player of the Year his sophomore year. So he does have skins on the wall, um, and I think they're looking at him as a walk-on. Well, they are. They're looking at him as a walk-on. Mm-hmm. So I- I'm not going to – as I said on Inside the Red Raiders, this is not a boom type thing. If, if he, say, if he joins. Third string at Troy doesn't exactly light a fire, but hey. I don't even know. know if he had a pass attempt uh, <laughs> this past year, but – 6'5", 236 pounds, so he's big. Yeah. He, uh, he has been prolific before, at least at the junior college level. Uh, look, it, would I be excited if he trots out there against Houston, like you said, uh, Pete? Probably not. You know what I mean? Like, just being real. But they need depth, and I think right now they're trying to attack this position by numbers, which is smart. And I think you hope you find, you know, light in a bottle yeah. at this point. You know, I think yeah. that's what Cumbie's going for. Um, I, I don't know that for a fact, but that's just what it appears to be. Yeah. So those are the three guys from the transfer portal that right now that I'm uh, focusing on, I you know, I feel like Tech is in good with those guys. And this is after already adding, they just added eight scholarship players uh, at midterm, midterm enrollees. You know, uh, quarterback Barry Morton, of course, 
Um, I think most people listening know who he is, top 100 quarterback, four-star guy out of Eastland. Wide receiver Duran Bradley, another four-star guy, 6'5 receiver out of DeSoto. Uh, two tight ends, Jed Castles and Mason Tharp, both about 6'6", 6'7", around uh, yeah, 215, 220. At the, you know, they want to play around 240, 245. I really like those guys. If they are actually going to utilize the tight end, right, like we've been right. hearing about for years, these are the kind of guys you want. And then I mentioned um, some transfers that, that have have joined the roster as midterm enrollees. Malik Dunlap, who I just said, the 6'4 cornerback out of NC State. Uh, Marcus Waters out of Duke is a stud. He's going to be one of your best players on the team next year uh, at safety. And then linebacker Josiah Pierre out of Florida, another B stud. You know, six foot, 6'1", 240, can run. So linebacker's going to be crazy. They may play field six linebackers at a time next year. You know I mean? Is Why that, not? Is that guy a, a, a potential starter? Or yeah, he, I mean, good? he I mean, got on the field at Florida, and yeah. he wasn't really on the 2D because they have several NFL players. They have guys who, if they win the draft right now, would be would mm-hmm. get drafted. Yeah. Uh, several. That's how deep Florida is at linebacker. Top 10 team, very good at that linebacker position, which is why he transferred. Yeah. But he was he was getting snaps. He was playing all the special teams. He was playing some downs at linebacker in me, meaningful snaps, not just garbage snaps. Yeah. He's a good football player. He was a highly rated guy coming out of high school, and, and they were not happy. Like all these guys, nobody was happy to see Waters leave Duke. Nobody was happy, especially Dunlap. NC State, if you go to their message boards, their fans are like, why? Why do we let him leave? You know? uh, and then same thing with Pierre. Now, Florida fans, I mean – They'll they'll have more linebackers. You know what I mean. Right, so, yeah. I, but still, nobody was necessarily happy to see him go. He's a good football player. And then um, from the junior college route, they did add an offensive lineman, Matt Keeler, out of Coffeyville uh, Community College. Pierre has four years of eligibility. The linebacker from Florida. Waters only has one. Dunlap has three. Keeler has five years to play four seasons. So, these guys, yeah, they're experienced, more experienced than a high school guy. But you're not mortgaging the future to bring these guys in, which I think is a common misconception. It's not mm. how the portal is right now, especially this year with that blanket yeah. waiver eligibility, eligibility waiver. Did you see Pierre's uh, cribs? Yeah, that was cool, stuff? right? Yeah, in his dorm room, you see the guy got some personality. I like this. He does, this. yeah. Uh, he him, had nothing in his fridge, though. Waters, too. Let me tell you, Waters is a guy. He did. That's a <laughs> he problem. Opened, he goes, I'm going to get some. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't want him to lose weight. You know? Uh, Waters is a guy too. The personality that he played, you know, Coach Beard in the back, you know, of course, with basketball program is always saying, "Keep your chip." That guy, despite like you know, people having a lot of respect for him and calling him one of the most versatile players in the ACC, he feels very disrespected. He feels like he wouldn't get any attention that uh, he deserved. He told me that he told me like five times in an interview. I was like, "I believe you. I really do. I've watched you. T- you know, I've watched you play before. Even I, you know, thought about you uh, as tech because that's how good he was. He's a he's a really good football player at the Power Five level. So, and he feels disrespected. He's coming in looking to prove something uh, at Texas Tech. So that's I like that. Yeah. You know what? So you know that you mentioned this, this Matt Keeler, the offensive mm-hmm. line from the JUCO guy, but. What's it? Is there any like offensive lineman in the transfer portal? I mean, it doesn't seem like Tech is really. I mean, well, I just mentioned other... T.J. Stormont from the TCU okay. grad but, transfer. I mean, is there? Is there? As far as in the transfer portal, though, is there any position you see more of or, or oh, guys? That, oh, I see what you're saying. You know, I mean, is there? Is there? Is there oh, not a lot of well, offensive quarterbacks? Always, what? I don't know if there's as many quarterbacks, but quarterbacks yeah. the first guy. Quarterbacks and receivers because they they're kind of more the individual type players. Right. I think um, you do see a lot of offensive linemen because. Well, a lot of offensive linemen play at one time. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You have you have more on your roster than right, say a quarterback. Right. Um, but I think receivers, DBs, offensive linemen, yeah, 
to see more, yes. more of those guys. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, so when you get a, a, a really good offensive lineman or something out there, yeah. it's probably going to be the one tough that, to get the, the the one that the one that's the toughest, in my opinion, and it's the same high school, junior college, mm-hmm. and transfer portal is defensive lineman. Yeah, that's who. I mean, to me, it's almost even harder than quarterback. But right now, you look at it, quarterbacks kind of thin yeah. in the transfer portal. You know, like you, even the guys that have already gone somewhere else, you're kind of like, mm, there's there's like some red flag for one reason or another. Yeah, you know. Whether it be injury history, right. or some kind of physical liability, or some kind of locker room issue that may not be public, but we all know about, you right, know, right. Um, which that's certainly the case. There's some guys where why didn't check off for him? I'm like, mm, there's a reason. Trust me, you yeah. know. So it's not as cut and dried. I think is you just look at their recruiting rankings or their stats. Right. That's, that's not how it always is. Yeah, I know. I know. Sometimes, yeah, it's always as a fan, you know, you're always sitting there and you're like, well, how come? Or oh, yeah, I don't yeah. understand. But you, you, you start. You got to remember that. Yeah. Coaches and stuff. This is their. It's their profession to yeah. know all of that stuff. So you kind of got to. Well, okay. They they might know a tad more. And the recruiting <laughs> game's a lot like in terms of like car sales. It's like as soon as that car drives off the lot, it loses value. As soon as that four star gets on campus, man, he's another guy on the roster. Yeah. You know, if a walk on beats you out, you're going to lose your playing time. You're going to lose your right. spot. I mean, so. Uh, a lot of that goes out to people. Will re- and I, I do it because, you know, I work for a recruiting service. I'll reference a, a guy in the transfer portal, his recruiting rankings from three years before. But right, yeah. coaches don't give a dang about that. They want to know how they played at, you know, uh, they'll go to their uh, relationships with coaches that may have, you know, had been on the staff and mm-hmm. seen that guy play and practice. And, okay, what's the deal with him? What kind of leader is he? What kind of locker room guy it's is like he? job references. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, it's such a relationship business. Yeah. All right. Time. All right. Well, there's always a lot happening there, and there, I'm sure that uh, by next week there will be more by tomorrow, transfers. Man. So, yeah, yeah. Like I said, we wish you the best. You you need to sleep while you have a chance. Uh, if at any point during the show, if you like to like you know nap or something, you know you what, man? Eat and I know uh, I'm trying not to sweat the small stuff. That's what I've been doing with COVID. Not, yeah. not, uh, I'm done with the white knuckle living. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. At least I'm trying. No, I told you this like last week. I told you, I, I'm, I've decided I'm living minute by minute. There you, you go. Know? I mean, really, it's just like you know. I, I just I don't get too excited about what's happened in the future. I just figure I'm here now, and life have is good right now. Have you had some right good now. minutes? I have, I have. But but I, I just mean just overall. You know, I'm, I, I sit here and I go. Right now, I'm here, and and life is pretty good right now. And so I just enjoy it instead of going, gosh, man, what's it going to look like a month from now or, oh, my gosh, by the end of this year or, you know, I just yeah. quit thinking about it. It's just, uh, you know, just enjoy being here now. So feel free to live that way, Pete, if you like. I'm going to try it. All right. But you're, you're kind of a happy-go-lucky guy well, anyway. Do. You don't, you, you've got a, you know, you're always a positive guy for my the most part. My thing is you know? water off a duck's back. If right. it's negative, it flaws right off. You don't, why hold on to negative? Right. See? And it's, but I'm negative trying, things are going to gonna happen. You just got to maneuver around them. Yeah. Yeah, stuff happens to you like all the time. Like your Deion Sanders and sidestep it. You right. Know? It's, it's how you react to so the things happening around you, you, anything. you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love primetime, but, oh, man. All right. Uh, when we come back here, it'll be time to talk some Red Raider basketball. And, uh, yeah, recently, not a lot, not a lot of you know, these cancellations because of COVID and stuff, but... Uh, we can talk a little bit about the uh, the close loss to uh, to Baylor, and then and then hopefully a game coming up Monday night against West Virginia. So that is on as of right now. Uh, this is the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on one hundred one point one The Beard. The Rock and Pregame returns on one hundred one point one The Beard. 
The Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beard Starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie Inside the Red Raiders publisher Jared Johnson The Beard Sports Director Sean Dillon And host of the Rockin' Pregame Jeff Scott Yeah, it's been uh, kind of crazy with, you know, just more COVID issues and uh, tech, some of their games, I guess, tomorrow. They were supposed to play Iowa State, and uh, they, they've paused their – so it's their problem. It's not right. tech's and problem, And then Wednesday right? yeah. they were supposed to play TCU, but their yeah. coach got positive. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. you know, tech is maneuvering through, and uh, Beard even said yesterday in his news conference they almost had a game – uh, set for tomorrow night, but it didn't happen. So uh, as of the press conference, he said, we know we're, we're hopefully going to be playing at West Virginia Monday night, Big Monday. You know, it's funny. Did, did you guys catch any of uh, Huggins uh, on his Zoom conference? And, man, it was so funny to just there, but they kept asking questions about stuff, you know, and the issues that they've had with COVID and everything. And he'd sit there and he just quiet for a minute, and he was just like, you know, I, I I don't know how to answer that question. And so there had been some more uncomfortable silence, and then somebody throw out something else, and you go, you know, again, I I don't know what I can say about that because is HIPAA that the new rules. pleading the fifth? Yeah, I mean, really, <laughs> no, it was just it, but, Huggins is weird. Man. Yeah, well, he is. He is. I, having just, been in several of his press conferences, yeah. it, that's a different dude, man. But yeah, he always, but he always, because he always comes across like. Why are you asking me such stupid questions? Yeah, yeah. I don't have time for this, you know. But it, he, but it was just even the weirder. Whispering, the whispering. If they lose, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like, dude, speak up, man. Whispering to Bob. It's like he just does it just to mess with people. I oh think, yeah, you no, know? I, yeah. absolutely. I, yeah. You see him on the sideline; he's screaming. Yeah, right. you know, he's not whispering so he's on the sideline. Capable, yeah, well, he's sitting <laughs> sitting on the sideline. You know, yeah, so, so yeah. He's definitely screaming. But the, seeing these coaches in these Zoom situations, though, it, they're so awkward. You know, I mean, oh, it's yeah. like when guys are in there and you're interacting. You know, it's one thing, but yeah, just on a on a Zoom thing. I, I saw something yesterday. It's like uh, somebody equated Zoom conferences now to almost like a séance, where you got people <laughs> sitting around a table going, can, "Can you hear us? Can you? Can you? I are you there? That's are you there? Do I, I you hear us? I try to do a greeting, like instead of saying, "Can you hear us?" Like, "Hey, how you doing?" Right, right. Instead, you know, I try to make it a little smoother than just. <laughs> Hi, y'all. Can you hear me there? Go, go. Uh, uh, testing. You know, nobody wants to hear that. So I, I try and, hey, how you doing? You know, or something like and that. And some of the coaches, like, leave their mic on when they, they're they not talking, and then they'll talk to someone in their office, and then their picture comes up. And that oh, yeah. ruins oh, the soundbite yeah, of somebody, true. which is annoying, too. Uh, what a great Mighty team. Joe inside the Red Raiders hosted one of them on accident. They made him the host. He's the least <laughs> technical guy. I like it. He's like the monkey. I was on that. It kept going back. He was like, oh, oh. He was like, drinking. Some tea or something. <laughs> he told me that he was like, man, I was so confused. I was like, yeah, you're. When it comes to, I mean, guys, like eight degrees, but you know, in terms of the internet, like he'd yeah. rather not have a cell phone or be on right. social media. Yeah. Certainly not a Zoom meeting, but that—that's the world we're living in, you know. Right. All of a sudden, Monty Joe was the host of one of these yeah. basketball press conferences. Great moments in Zoom conferences. <laughs> Hilarious. Golly, yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's just every every you know day to day with uh, games being played and everything. So oh, yeah, yeah, text miss. But let's look back at the uh, you know like the, the close loss to Baylor. It you know I tell you Baylor is you know I mean gosh they're clearly a really good team it just seemed like they that was one of the only games I've seen Tech play where I I mean you know they they hung there with them but it just looked like Baylor is just 
they're just a little bit of better better team than Texas Tech right now is what it seemed like to me. You know, I mean, they really they're they, more experienced. They've played yeah. together longer. I would say in terms of talent level, it's pretty close. But excellent shot makers. Yeah. I mean, even though they didn't shoot very well, really, and I give Tech some credit for that. But both teams, man, that was ugly early. Yeah. Boy, I mean, both teams are good defensive teams. Baylor plays Tech's no middle defense now, and they have for the last couple of years. Um, they do it well, uh, but. Both teams missed some open looks, mm-hmm. you know, and it was kind of ugly. I think Mac McClung kept a minute offensively for a while in the yeah. second half. You know, Tech took a lead and looked really good, but then Baylor, man, they hit they hit just an extra gear. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that was the difference, you know. Tech couldn't hang with that extra gear, and, that, that, that and that's what good teams do, especially yes. in crunch time like that. Man, they just find a, they just find another level, and I think put the teams stay away, uncomfortable you know? deal could could be said for Baylor because I think. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you look at them, they seem kind of bored, maybe early on in some of these Big 12 games, and then yeah. they say, all right, let's put this team away, and they do. Because yeah. I think really Tech is the only team that, has tr- that they truly respected and that they, that they that put a scare into them. Yeah. So yeah, it was far. their closest. Yeah, yeah so, sure. uh, you know, of course they were going to play Gonzaga, and that would have been Clash of the Titans for oh, the yeah. season. That would have been awesome. But uh, COVID. Right. Again, you know? Thanks, COVID. Yeah, thanks a lot, COVID. But no, you know, look, Baylor to me is clearly the best team in the Big 12. But I think Tech is right there with Texas at that mm-hmm. next tier, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and, and as far as like Kansas, you know, compared to Baylor, Tech, I mean, you know, you know I know Kansas beat Tech, but it, it, where, where do you see them before, right now? Well, yeah. they beat Tech by one before my color came back. Tech is clearly yeah. a different team. I know a lot of people have pointed to Damari Burnett leaving. And the addition by subtraction, and you know what? Maybe there's something to that. But I think they've added one of the very best players in the Big Twelve. Yeah. In Kevin McCullough. Yeah, so, he is totally a difference maker for is. Tech, man. Just yeah. Um, I mean, what he had 15 and 11 in the win at yeah. Texas. He had what, I think 16 and 8. Is that right against Baylor? So or yeah. something like that. So um, McCullough is just a hoss. And just his presence on the team. I mean, he's a, he's a leader out there, and he just yeah, they just they just look different with him on the court. He's a double digit scorer. And he scores in different ways. Uh, only weakness really right. He's a. I think he's shooting high 80s in, from the free throw line. His only weakness right now is from the three-point line. And I think that's going to come on. I think he'll mm-hmm. end up being a, a decent – his percentage will be decent by the end of the season. Um, he, he's a garbage kind of guy. I think he's leading you in rebounding now, over seven a game. And he's, for my my dollar, my bang for your buck, the best on-the-ball defender that they have. And it's not wow. even – there's him and then there's a couple other guys. But I think mm-hmm. it's – well, for me, I, there's no doubt he's their best defender. And he also runs a lot of the traffic. He basically coordinates the offense for them. I mean, he yes, this is his second year playing, but this is his third year in the program. Yeah. So, And a lot of people forget that because his rankings got kind of messed up when he reclassified. But he was the top 100. He was one of the first blue-chip guys that Coach Beard mm-hmm. landed from the high school ranks. And, uh, you remember that video he put out? <clears throat> Which was awesome. Yeah, right? he had a drone and everything. Yeah. And his dad, of course, who was a linebacker for Spike Dykes here yeah. uh, in the 90s, you know, waving that flag. That was sweet. Waving yeah. the tech flag. Uh, man, he had a house worthy of cribs. Man, yeah, that was super nice. You know, they were living <laughs> living right there. So, But, no, I, I think McCullers made a huge difference. I think that's w- what we're seeing. That's why we saw them lose to Kansas, who I don't – getting back to your original point, who I yeah. don't – I think this Kansas is a sweet 16 team. I really do. Yeah. But it's not a great Kansas team. Bill Self's Hall of Fame coach, they have some really nice pieces. Mm-hmm. They don't have that dominant player or players. Normally yeah. they have a dominant guard, like arguably the best shot maker in the, in the Big 12, right. and then they'll have some big, like right. Shaq Boozy, yeah. uh, as we call them inside the Red Raiders. I, and 
they dominate with that with yeah. some, some nice pieces around it. This year they just they have some good pieces, just not great. So and that's yeah. not good enough in the Big Twelve right now. So. Yeah, and that's the thing when yeah when Kansas yeah it's funny because you know you sit there ah Kansas doesn't look very good, but you're always measuring it by what does Kansas usually right. look like, and so yeah by Kansas standards yeah they they don't look as you know, unbeatable. And they, get and, yeah. they get better in the build stuff. They get better in the second half of Big 12 play. Now, yeah. I don't know if that's going to be the case with the COVID yeah. era or whatever, but um, I, I don't think you should put your nose up at, at Kansas. But I clearly think there's Baylor, and that's just they're in a, a class by themselves. Tech and Texas. And then I think there's West Virginia, I'm not sure on. Maybe, right. maybe I mean they're 14th in the country, all right? But yeah. they're 2 and 3, I think, last I checked, yeah. in the Big 12, you know, which is crazy. Four, number fourteen team in the country has a losing conference record. That's how tough this conference is. Right. Yeah. So they're right there. They're either in the second or third tier, with you know like Kansas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and then who cares? About right. You know, I, I think Kansas State's a team that will ruin some, not ruin, but disrupt some things because they're talented. Up mm-hmm. Iowa State and TCU. TCU, right before this COVID stuff, they were just playing atrocious basketball. Yeah. They were getting crushed. So yeah. I, I, those two teams aren't very good. Yeah. But boy, everybody else, though, man, on any given Ooh. night, man, you just you better come ready to ready yeah. to play every time, as long as you get to play. So yeah, Texas Tech was supposed to play Iowa State tomorrow, but uh, that game has been. Uh, I mean, will they try to reschedule that? Yes, is they're going to okay. try to. What I think is going to happen is they're not going to, and they've been talking about this anyway. They're not going to yeah. have the Big Twelve tournament. They're going to have conference tournaments, which I think for a lot of teams, unless you have to win that conference tournament to get to the uh, to get to the mm-hmm. NCAA tournament, then it's superfluous. No, I mean. Look how Tech does in the Big 12 tournament. They don't do well. Yeah, Even the national really yeah. runner-up season, they got beat by West Virginia. And I remember, being, oh, no, they're, they're, you know, they're not ready right. for the tournament. No, it's just – and they'll never say this, and they shouldn't, but it's just would you rather have the rest or play a couple knockdown, drag-out more games <laughs> right. with the West Virginia and Texas and all. Oklahoma and I can't you know what right. else and, you know yeah right well and they're and they're to a point where their their goals are so much bigger I mean there was right. a time where if you could win that tournament wow that was incredible but now yeah they you know they, their sights are set such higher now that yeah winning the Big Twelve tournament right while cool is is not really the end all be all like maybe it was uh, back it was this century but I can't remember I think it was Syracuse and Georgetown had like a four overtime oh, I Big East that. that was yeah. amazing. But I don't think either one of them really did anything in the tournament. Yeah, they had these not higher. Yeah. I mean, they <laughs> beat the you-know-what out of each other. And they yeah. get to the tournament, and they're bad. And I, I think there's two schools of thought. And it kind of goes along with, Pete, I don't know where you land on this. What Do you do you think it's a good thing in terms of Tech's game with West Virginia that they have two games off? Or do you are you worried that they might get rusty? Oh, well, you know, I heard Beard yesterday talk about how they've been practicing and getting better every day. And, you know, they came yeah, off. I mean, but yeah. No, but they what also came off playing two top five teams. So I think it was a good time for it to happen. Of course, they're going to – the TCU game's getting played February 15th. And going back to the conferences not playing, did you see the breakdown for March Madness? I mean, the first round's on a, you know, Thursday, Thursday yeah. Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday's second round. I mean – yeah, it's going to be accelerated. It is. It's going to be interesting. Another thing is that the game at, at West Virginia on Monday is you know, it's Monday night. It would have been a Saturday and then quick turnaround traveling to Morgantown. That is the tough <laughs> turnaround. Road so trip, yeah. the fact that they didn't have to, they don't want to do that yeah. is nice. Yeah, that'd be, yeah that'd there's be always positive, some yeah. positives in the negative. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what was it? Water off the duck's back or yeah, something like dude. that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't carry water. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, as far as uh, you mentioned Coach Beard there in his uh, press conference this week, uh, one of the things that was that was brought up, you know, and he had I saw where he had put some stuff out on social media about his mom and her her fight with cancer, and uh, he was asked about that. Yeah, I try to keep uh, a lot of that personal stuff private, but uh, you know, I was proud to um, support that being released today. I was proud of my mom. She's a she's had two bouts with cancer, and she's currently going through the second one. And um, she rang the bell there in Houston, which uh, most of us in this country know what that means because we've all dealt with this terrible disease in one way or another. So. Now she'll start the next path, which is uh, the radiation trail, and um, she's just a tough woman. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool deal today. I appreciate so many friends and family kind of reaching out, uh, basically in support of her. Thanks for asking about that. Yeah, I thought that was that was really cool. That was a really a kind of a rare glimpse into uh, Chris Beard is just a human away from basketball. You know, he's just so focused all the time and all about the. You know, basketball and everything. It's it was just kind of interesting to just see him have that that non basketball moment there for a minute. You know, a real yeah. human. You know, just a real human moment there. So, um, all right. But then uh, moving on. Uh, you know, speaking about the West Virginia game and all. Um, he spoke uh, about West Virginia's Derek Culver, who is uh, you know great player. Yeah, that, that guy's one of the one of the better players in the country. in the conference in the country. Yeah. So yeah, here's Chris Beard's thoughts on Derek Culver. Yeah, Culver's one of the best players in the Big Twelve. He's arguably you know one of the best forwards in all of college basketball. He's not just a back to the basket center. He can stretch the floor and shoot face up shots. He gets a lot of things done on the defensive end, not just with his size but with his athleticism. He's the classic uh, player in Coach Huggins' West Virginia program. The fact that he's just gotten better each uh, season. He makes huge strides. And like all the other great players around the country, he improves during the season as well. So um, he's hard to handle on both ends of the floor. We've been playing against him for what seems like a long time now. I've had some great battles with those guys. And nothing but respect for Coach uh, the West Virginia program is certainly their best players, and Culver's one of those guys. What about uh, Oscar Shibway? So, so is he? He's out for this game coming up Monday. Is is is, is he out? Shibway? No, he's out of the program. Is he out of the program? Yeah, okay. he transferred That's what to Kentucky. I, yeah, see, yeah. I, I, yeah. No, he left the program. It was one of those where the the twin towers didn't work. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, I do remember that. He did go. Okay. And he's transferring to Kentucky. Yeah, in the middle of the season. I mean, he he was. I mean, he was he was with the team at the start of the season, he right? He left the program and he's transferring to Kentucky. Yep. Yeah, he went in the transfer portal and he's transferring. To yeah, Kentucky. Yep. okay. So now, when's he when's he eligible oh, yeah. to play there? I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, like he can't he can't, he can't play this year, right? I, I really, I'm not. I mean, who I knows, I don't, right? I don't think so. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I guess as crazy as things are with transferring right now, you, it, 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 things with the transfer portal change, like cycle to cycle, year to year. Yeah. It's like there's there have been rules up, uh, transfer rules up for vote this month. So. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. I don't think he's eligible this year, but I, I won't hold it against you. I know. By the way, he asked me that. I'm like, ah, because I, you know, I want to, I want to be sure. I'm I mean, heck, I forgot thing. the guy transferred. So yeah, right. don't, don't hold that against he me. He did. He he did transfer. He's transferred. To okay, yeah, I didn't and he will now. be eligible to the 2021-2022 uh, campaign. Okay, so he's not suiting up now. Okay, all right. Well, uh, uh, Chris Beard talked uh, about uh, West Virginia without Sheboy. You know, I've watched all the games. I think they've what played three times since the roster kind of changed a little bit. And, um, you know, before 
uh, they still played portions of games with, you know, one forward on the floor. But now, for the most part, they're playing four perimeter players uh, around one big. And they still have the ability, though, to play two bigs as well. So I think they've made some adjustments for sure. Um, but it's still West Virginia basketball. I mean, the DNA is still right there, the identity. Um, obviously, it was, a, it was a key player because he was playing minutes. But, um, you know, I would argue that they – um, I, I would not to disrespect the, the individual player, but I would argue they're better. Uh, I just think that it, it opens up the floor for guys, and they seem to be a really, really connected group right now. All right, so Tech plays West Virginia on uh, on Monday night, and um, all right. So then, the, the one other question that uh, Beard was asked in his press conference is this uh, thing with Duke, North Carolina, and and Kentucky. All just you know, really struggling this year. Real and, struggling. And when's the last time you? Saw, I mean, all three. I mean, those are you know about as. I mean, that's probably the most blue blood it gets in in college basketball is those three teams, and uh, yeah, they find all three of them uh, kind of struggling right now. I, in my personal opinion, I'm not ready to say power shift. Uh, no way. I think I, I do follow Kentucky, North Carolina, um, and Duke because those coaches are mentors of mine. Um, friends of mine um, so I, I follow friends teams and stuff um, it's just such a unique year in college basketball you know I don't, I don't think any of us unless you're in that locker room really understand what's going on I I think you're dealing with three coaches there that aren't going to make a lot of excuses but I think if you dove in I'm sure there's been key players out practice time miss just all sorts of things so um, I know it's not the traditional year for those three college basketball powerhouses but you know, it's awful early, too. You know, we could be sitting here next week, and those three teams could be on a nine-game winning streak together. And Yeah, that's interesting. But it is fascinating. They're all three kind of suffering My theory right now. is you look at the teams that are doing well, that for the most part they return the majority of the roster. Yeah. North Carolina, Kentucky, Duke are Blue Bloods who they flip their roster almost every season anyways with new McDonald's on. Team right, McDonald's right, American. So right. I think in, it's more complicated than that, but just – from afar, that would be my opinion of yeah. why they're struggling this year. Yeah. Because of the lack, the, just how wacky the COVID era right. the season is. Right. So, speaking of how weird schedules can be, you know, of course, that TCU game was rescheduled for February 15th. So, Tech will play right now on their schedule, just looking at it. Baylor at Baylor on Saturday. Then they'll play TCU at TCU on Monday. Then they play TCU again at home on Wednesday. All right? <laughs> and then... They play at Kansas on Saturday. Wow. Wow. Yeah. At least, I mean, at least it's TCU. Yeah. Those two, you know what I mean? But yeah, between I guess, yeah. those two TCU games, you have at Baylor and at Kansas. So buckle up. You know? All right. Well, that'll be exciting. All right. Uh, we come back here. Uh, Pete gets updated on the Lady Raiders here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. Lady Raider Basketball. All right, uh, updating uh, Lady Raider basketball this week. Pete, fill us in. Yeah, the Lady Raiders have a, a two-game win streak going, and, and it started uh, on Sunday. Uh, Texas came in, and that's a team who, who's really dominated the Lady Raiders. Uh, Tech hadn't beaten them in eight years, and, uh, man, the Lady Raiders put it together and uh, beat Texas 74-66. 
and uh, you saw them kind of celebrate a little on the sidelines, but then they released the video in the locker room, and they're throwing water around. I mean, it was a big deal for this team to beat a top-20 team. But then, uh, as Coach said in her, her press conference, you know, we won that, but now we got to build off that. We're going on the road to Kansas, and uh, they go there Wednesday night, and, uh, you know, they, they, it was tied after the first quarter. Tech took a four-point lead at the half. Uh, and then in the third quarter, it was tied up again. And with about five minutes left, it was tied. And Tech goes on a 10-0 run and pulls it out and wins it. Uh, super impressive. And, uh, you know, got on the Zoom call with Coach Gerlich afterwards. And uh, she was super pumped uh, after they beat the, the Lady Jayhawks. Well, I'm actually happy with the whole game because we grinded. And that's what you do on the road. Um, I think it's really difficult to win in the Big 12 on the road. I think it's really difficult to win in the Big 12, period, but on the road especially. And I thought that our kids could have um, panicked a little bit. They could have rushed some things. They could have, um, you know, just sunk their head at times, and they just kept battling back. We had some really big shots late in the game and, um, and some really great defensive efforts as well. So I'm just proud of them. I mean, this is a it's our first road win to be, you know, to be quite honest. And so that's, that in itself is, is an accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, first road win of the season for them, that was definitely a, a, a big deal. And uh, now uh, here they go uh, to TCU tomorrow. I think it's a one o'clock game and uh, TCU, uh, you know, kind of wants to get back at tech because they had a, a big double digit lead here against the Lady Raiders and Tech came back and won that game by five. So uh, another opportunity and uh, Coach Gerlich talked about heading to Fort Worth. Another road battle. It's going to be it's going to be tough. And, and, and after a tough week, I mean, this will be our third game in, in uh, six days. And that's tough. You know, that's really tough. And our kids are playing a lot of minutes. So, um, you know, we're going to have to really have the right mindset. Uh, we have to recover tomorrow. And then, um, and then really prepare uh, mentally. And then, and then Friday on a travel day, we'll have to make sure that we're good with our practice. But um, TCU is a team that is, you know, going to really, they're going to remember that they had a lead on us the last game and they're going to want to avenge that loss. They have us on their home floor at the end of a long week. So it's kind of building up to be one of those things where we're going to see what we're made of and see what kind of courage and, and fortitude we have. And, and, you know, I think our kids are ready for that challenge. Yeah, Tech's eight and six right now, three and five uh, in the Big Twelve, and of course, you know the two big go-to players are uh, Vivian Gray and Lexi Gordon. But you know, teams are starting to to really uh, you know kind of hone in on those two. So now, other Lady Raiders have got to step up, and they have M- Maka Jackson. Uh, you know. Uh, Oh, and then, you know, the other night, it was Alexis Tucker. She led the team coming off the bench. She had 17 points. And, uh, man, uh, Coach Gerlick couldn't say enough good things after the game about Tuck. All big, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't take anything away from any of those kids because they are all big. But, and then Tuck's was huge. You know, I, th- I thought Tuck's was really big, and her performance overall was really big. But, and especially when, you know, I thought that Viv and Lex both were struggling just a little bit. Um, and, and it was nice to have some help around them that, that we didn't have to just rely on, on, um, on them having to just grind it as hard as they could. And I thought Tech was really, really big all game. And uh, the other name I was thinking of is Najee Murray. She also has had some double-figure uh, games. So, you know, the Lady Raiders are coming together. Uh, you can see good things happening. And, uh, you know, there's no doubt uh, all under the, 
the the fingerprints of uh, Krista Gerlich. So, uh, you know, uh, eight and six now, and uh, hopefully they can get some momentum and get this TCU in. And next week, uh, Wednesday, uh, West Virginia comes to town, so they got to make that long trip to Lubbock. So, you know, maybe you can really turn this into a, a four-game win streak. But uh, I, I think uh, you see a lot of good things happening with the Lady Raiders. So, uh, you know, Rome wasn't built in the day. That's right. Well, uh, coming up next, Texas Tech baseball. Man, the season is not far away. A lot of excitement. I mean, Tech highly ranked again. And plus uh, news of the State Farm College baseball tournament. Man, that's going to be incredible. And the Texas Tech baseball schedule uh, released uh, today about the time the show started. So uh, we'll get to all that coming up here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. Red Raider Baseball. Keep your hand on your gun. Oh, man. When you hear that, you know baseball season is almost yes. here. So they released the uh, the schedule uh, around uh, 11 o'clock this morning. Sean, who is the, the first the first game? I mean, is that the that's the State Farm thing? Is that the first games? Yes, that, they, okay. that, is, that will be that the first That kicks it off. Game. But then the, the rest of the schedule, except for... Yeah, they it's not, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's the because okay. you, you've got games the February the February nineteenth uh, through the twenty first at Arlington. Then you're going to have non conference till March nineteenth, and you'll have uh, a home slate versus March nineteenth to the twenty first at uh, here versus Oklahoma State. Okay, so that'll be the first home uh, conference oh. thing. Okay, all right. Ah, man, I can't believe baseball is almost here. Man, I'm so excited. Um, that uh, State Farm Classico, yeah. man, this thing coming up. Gosh, this is going to be – I mean, it really – it's like a preseason Omaha. I mean, it it's the, the teams that are that are involved in this. So it's in a, it kind of amounts to like a, an SEC versus Big 12 right. challenge, I guess, really, yes. with uh, with the, the teams that are part of it. So it's uh, – it's Ole Miss – Mississippi State and Arkansas, yeah, and everybody's ranked in the top ten. Yeah, I mean, it's and Texas, and Texas, TCU, and Tech. And Tech's yeah. the highest seed. Uh, you know, they're ranked third in the country. So, boy, that's a, man. That's a that's a way to uh, start your season right there, isn't it? Well, it starts February nineteenth. Uh, they play Arkansas seven p.m. Then Saturday the twentieth, they play Mississippi at three, and then the twenty-first, eleven a.m. against Mississippi State. So. Three big games uh, to kick things off. Yeah, Ole Miss number six, Mississippi State number seven, Arkansas number eight. Golly, man. There you go. Yeah, I mean, this is really... uh, And you have TCU and Texas in there with with Tech, of course. TCU's number 10, uh, Texas is number nine, and then Tech number three. So, bam. That that really, man, what a a great tournament. And then I don't know if they've announced this yet, but aren't they supposed to play a tournament, a Shriners tournament at uh, Minute Maid Park in Houston? And I can't remember who all is going to be there, but there's some good teams there. Uh, Texas, Texas A&M uh, bailed out yesterday. Oh, they did. Okay. Well, that's uh, how how like A&M. Yeah, <laughs> they, they're shocked. They replaced the, the the Shriners Classic with a three game set in uh, Aggieville versus New Mexico State. Aggie on Aggie. Ooh, well, man, that's a uh, that's that's some of the that's that's the worst kind. <laughs> <laughs> Aggie battle there. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, baseball uh, coming up, though, Tech, again, uh, you know, highly ranked and expected to be really good. I mean, heck, last year, I, you know, I, I said I thought they were going to win the national title last year, and then COVID yeah. hit, and unfortunately, but but I uh, still think they got a, an, an awesome shot again again this year. Well, of the, of the, I'm sorry, Pete. No. I just want to throw one. Of the major sports, uh, this may be Captain Obvious, but 
baseball has been recruiting at a high level longer. Yeah, it's not you know basketball here recently is the new right in football you know to see what what they can do but uh, baseball I mean you can really see the athletes on the field the arms and the speed and the bats just man what what Tadlock and crew have done there is uh, is amazing they've done it through through recruiting well yeah well and you know there's so much uncertainty about you know what's ahead for the season but one thing that is certain is three incredible games to start the season and tim tadlock talked about being invited to the uh, state farm college baseball showdown of course texas tech and the big 12 is excited about playing against uh the three teams from the sec uh should be really good baseball should be good watching uh it's been a lot of fun watching you guys run uh the world series and the nfr and uh, to see our teams in there competing in that in that beautiful facility uh, is, is exciting for our guys, even though uh, we're all just kind of getting started with practice and all that. Appreciate it. Well, and then Tadlock, uh, as you mentioned, Jeff, I mean, last year the season cut short. What could have been? Uh, he's just excited that they're getting back to play. Yeah, I mean, we're excited about um, whoever we're playing at this point. It's been a long uh, seven or eight months, and guys are excited about getting back on the practice field and um, getting back to work. And obviously, uh, playing uh, Chris down in uh, Biloxi was uh, that was a fun deal. I don't think we got to play day two, and uh, you know we're excited about playing down in Arlington. We got a lot of fans down there, and uh, I think everybody's uh, fan base will show up as much as they'll let them. And uh, should be a great weekend of competition. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, what an opportunity to go play at Globe Life Park. Uh, also, uh, Tadlock talked about, you know, you're, you're kind of jumping right into the, the deep end of the pool, playing some top-level competition to begin the season. Oh, I think you'd be kidding yourself if you think you're going to play um, as good as you're going to play opening weekend. Um, these guys have had a long time off. Um, the challenge is really we, we've all got about three weekends to get our guys ready to play. If my math's right, I think the NCAA allows us to start team practice on the 29th. And so you got a couple weekends there where we can prepare our guys and just do the best you can. And, I mean, I'm sure all of us will, uh, you know, let a bunch of guys play that weekend, let some guys get their feet wet and, uh, you know, rhythm and timing's not that easy. There's a reason spring training six weeks, and it's not four. Um, and so, again, we'll just do the best we can when we get there. And then uh, Don Williams, uh, he asked the question about, uh, you know, are, are, will he have his pitchers on a pitch count as they have this opening weekend? Well, that's a good one. I mean, obviously, uh, it's kind of humorous because we hadn't even thrown to a live hitter yet. So, and we haven't seen them in two months. So, day two of individuals today for us, we're really hoping they all walk through the gate and can stretch and pick their arm back up and, you know, be ready to go today. And, um, I mean, you're shooting for probably 60 to 75 pitches opening weekend, no more than that. Well, and then, uh, you know, gosh, Tech always plays top competition. Uh, here it is again, uh, right off the bat, going on the road and playing these three top ten teams. And, you know, what is the value uh, of doing that to, to, you know, get it's such tough competition right off the bat? 
I mean, I think there's value anytime you can line up and play somebody. And um, all these guys got really good pitching staffs. They got really good lineups. Um, they do a really good job with their teams. And they're going to make you earn everything you get. And uh, so there's the value in it. And um, obviously, at the end of each day, you're going to be able to reflect back and look at um, what you need to do to get better for the next day. And understand that uh, baseball is a very humbling game. It's very hard. And, um, again, early in the year, you're going to see some guys have success. You're going to have some see some guys that don't. And it's the first time out. And nobody really knows what you're getting uh, day one. And so I think all of us will try to prepare our teams and do the best we can and show up, let them play. All right, Tim Tadlock there. You know, it's, it is interesting. You know, he said that, you know, they said, yeah, we'll all probably play a lot of guys. And it's it's pretty crazy to, you know, normally maybe you start your season with a, you know, a lesser team and you can go out there in a series and play a lot of guys. But, man, the way they're going to be starting the State Farm Tournament with that kind of talent, you know, it's going to be crazy. You're going to want to have a good showing there and, and you know, and play your best. But at the same time, you got to play a lot of guys, and you know, because like you said, they ain't been on the field in, in a long time, and so you want to get some, uh, uh, knock some of the rust off there, you know. One of the things I respect most about Tadlock is they will go play anyone, anywhere, yeah. anytime. Yeah. I mean, you know, like they've consistently every year they play really tough non-conference, whether it be Kentucky and Louisville. You just go, go down the list. And I was just counting from that tournament and also in Big 12 play, 15 games on the schedule. And there's going to be more added, of course, but 15 games right now on the schedule against teams rated in the top 25 in the preseason wow. top 25. That's Dang, yeah. you know, yeah. that's before Shiners, before, I don't know if UConn's going to be, if they're ranked in the top 25, I, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know who else they might add to the schedule, but uh, that's a lot right there. I mean, West Virginia, I think, is 14th right now. Um, Oklahoma State's 20th. In preseason, mm. so I, you're going to have to play tough competition in the Big 12 anyway. So I'm also right. get you know get ready for it. And what's that? What's that thing you always say, Pete? About if you want to be the best, what's? Oh, you mean like Ric Flair? Yeah, be yeah. the man. You got to beat the man. Right, but you always talk about if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, and that'll be yeah. yeah. UConn yeah. comes here uh, March 12th through the 15th, a four game set. So, all right. And by the way, the tickets for that State Farm. Uh, tournament or they're on sale now, and there's what'd you say about fourteen to fifteen thousand people are going to be let in? Is that that's correct? right? Yeah, and they're yep. twenty five dollar tickets for the uh, like for the day, day pass. pass. Yeah, yeah, so you catch three games. Too, I think actually. Oh, can you buy so, it that way as yeah. well? Yeah, yeah. Because man, I, I saw that today. I thought, man, that that would heck, that, that's that's almost worth a, a road trip right there, It'd be man. Fun just to go check out that that park. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No kidding, man. Yeah. All right. Well, certainly looking forward to this, uh, man. It's. Uh, yeah, tag baseball. Man, it's been a long. It's, it's like been a, a long time, pressure, man. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, just because you know they're gonna, they're gonna be a good team. Yeah, you know, you're gonna see excellence with them. All right, we come back. It's gonna be time to unveil this week's Rockin' Twenty Five College Basketball Poll with our uh, our uh, rocketologists and uh, these guys. Man, they watch a lot of basketball. And as we get closer to a March Madness time and filling out brackets and all that, hopefully, uh, these are the guys you really want to pay attention to. 
for some some inside knowledge on teams from across the country that maybe you don't even get a chance to to see play or anything. But yeah, these guys must have a a bank of TV screens in their basements where they they do nothing. But uh, I feel sorry for their families during basketball season. They probably never see the see these guys. But their uh, eyelids are like clamped open. You know, right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll unveil this week's Rockin' Twenty Five poll. The Rockin' Twenty Five is our own top twenty five of college basketball, voted on by college basketball's brightest fans and media. It's time to reveal the Rockin' Twenty Five. All right, 2021 brings us basketball and the Rockin' 25 college basketball poll. And today we have Rockin' 25 voters. First off, analytics consultant from Haslametrics.com, Eric Haslam, also owner and editor and founder of the ACC Basketball Report and podcast, Michael Hunter, and one of the most accurate bracketologists and official bracketologists for USA Today, Shelby Mast. And we're 50 days and change until Selection Sunday. Which team other than our top five this week will we be talking about when the Sweet 16 takes place? For me, I'm going to go with a couple teams. One, against my better judgment as a Wisconsin fan, I'm going to say Minnesota. That's a team I covered last week a little bit. That's a top 25 defense. Their top five scores are all upperclassmen. This is a team that's 11-4 and four despite being in the bottom 25 and adjusted three-point percentage. They've shot below 30% in five of their last six games. I have a hard time believing they won't start to climb back closer to the D1 norm. The problem, again, for Minnesota, though, is Williams Arena. When they're in Williams Arena, they're 11-0. and 0. Away from home, they're 0-4, so they they got to fix that road bug. The other team I was going to bring up is USC. That was projected to be a middle of the pack team in the Pac-12 this year. They've overperformed. They were 11 and two in our top 20 at Haslametrics.com before an untimely loss at Oregon State. The big addition for them this year, in every sense of the word, is Evan Mobley, seven foot frosh. He's a top five freshman coming into the year. He's averaging 16 and nine is a huge difference for USC this year. So I think they could be a surprise team and make the Sweet 16 come March. All right, how about Boise? State, and I, I think Alabama might be legit. We'll, we'll have to wait and see on them. They, they may take a big 20-point loss, but They've got a shot, I think. Yeah, I like the Boise State pick by Shelby. Um, I'm going to stay in the ACC because it's what I know and it's it's what I'm, I'm pretty confident in. And I'm going to stick with Louisville, who I thought was was one of the better teams in the league after the first few weeks of the season. They've hit kind of a tough stretch lately, tough loss at Coral Gables, and then ran into a buzzsaw at Florida State coming off a COVID break. But I, I personally believe that Carly Jones and David Johnson make up one of the best backcourts, not in just the ACC, but in the entire country. I think think when they get Malik Williams back and they get Aiden Gahan back, as soon as they get some front court depth, I think this Louisville team's really going to hit their stride. They simply just need to get healthy. They're going to be deep. They're going to be talented. They're going to be well coached. I think Louisville is a potential Elite 18 coming out of the ACC. All right, so let's release the Rockin' 25. Gonzaga has 16 of the 18 first place votes to secure number one. Baylor has a first place vote for number two. Villanova maintains number three. Iowa jumps to number four this week, and Michigan stays at number five. Shelby, what makes Villanova such a good team, and what goes into where you place a team on the bracket? Uh, Jay Wright. I think he's a heck of a coach, and he can coach anybody to do anything. They've had had plenty of rest. Uh, They've been off for the COVID break for, I think, four weeks total. It seems like it, at least. Uh, I think they're going to be well-rested coming down the stretch. There's a whole bunch of things that go into it. Your overall record, your record versus quad one, quad two. Do you have any bad losses in quad three or four? Uh, I'm not doing home and road this year because I, 
I don't think that it's going to matter. Uh, we, we've seen that several times. Many teams have lost home games that they shouldn't lose, but considering they don't have fans root for them, uh, I just don't – I can't see how the committee is going to factor that in like they usually do. But uh, a, a lot of it is just a crapshoot, too. You just go by your gut. Does this team look like a two-seed or a four-seed? And, you know, try to factor all that in. Uh, Eric, who are 6 through 10 this week? Number 6 is Texas. Number 7 is Houston. Number 8 is Alabama. Number 9 is Tennessee. And 10 is Virginia. Uh, Eric, can we trust Virginia? Yeah, I still think you can. I'm, the thing I've always said about Virginia is you never count out Tony Bennett in that defense. And the thing is that that defense really hasn't turned it on just yet. In fact, per my ratings, they're better in offense than they are defense. They're sixth in the country in offensive efficiency, 16th in defensive efficiency. And they've got shooters. And you need shooters typically to be successful in March. Fourth in field goal percentage, ninth in three-point percentage, eighth in mid-range percentage, and then 19th inside of five feet. you got three guys who shoot over 40% behind the three-point line. Trey Murphy has been lights out this year. He is shooting 52% from long distance. Big man Jay Hoff shoots 42%. Thomas Wolde, 10 side, 41%. Then you have your volume shooter, Sam Hauser, who's at 38%. Keep in mind, this is still a very, very dangerous defense, and you combine that with a grinding pace, which is dead last again in Division One. you got to be careful. You can't fall behind this kind of team. And, you know, I think a lot of people have forgotten about Virginia, and they've kind of written off Virginia because of what Gonzaga did to them. Here's the thing, though. Virginia has won five straight since that game. Things it changed from one game to the next. You see it a lot this year where you have a game on, say, a Friday and a game on Saturday. Drastically different results. If Virginia would get a second chance at playing Gonzaga, who knows? Maybe they'll pull off the surprise there. We're making our way through the latest Rockin' 25 poll on the Rockin' pregame with our Rockin' 25 voters, Eric Haslam, Michael Hunter, and Shelby Mast. Michael, who are 11 through 15? Number 11 is Kansas. Number 12 is Wisconsin. 13 is Creighton. 14 is your Texas Tech Red Raiders. And number 15 is Virginia Tech. Hey, Michael, Virginia Polytechnical has found their way onto the top 15. Are they staying for long, or is this a brief stay? No, I believe that they're in this for the long haul. The addition of Kevin Aluma and Justin Mutz, uh, one a transfer from Wofford, the other a transfer from Delaware, have given Mike Young a, a nice front court with some versatility, which really works extremely well in his system. Jalen Cohen's finally back healthy. He's a sniper on the wing, uh, also playing a little bit of point guard. Well, BC Beattie offers a ton of experience and a ton of defensive ability, while Tyrese Radford kind of continues to be one of the most underappreciated players of any team on the top 25. Uh, I've been riding shotgun on the Mike Young bandwagon for about 18 months. I think this team is far and away better than the team last year that hosted Landers Nolly and that really, really struggled down the stretch after teams kind of figured them out and their efficiency kind of went in the tank. For me, it's just if you watch them play, you got guys like Hunter Couture who do the do all the little things. Um, if you look at the box score, you may not see what kind of an impact he actually has in the game, especially on the defensive end or just simply the ball movement end. I think, personally, I look for the, the Hokies to challenge for the ACC title in the, until the very end with the likes of Virginia, with the likes of Louisville, and maybe possibly with the likes of Clemson and Georgia Tech. All right, so the Rockin' 25 college basketball poll. And, Shelby, who are teams 16 through 20? Okay, 16, West Virginia. 17 is Minnesota. 18, Missouri. 19, Illinois. And 20 is Florida State. Yeah, Shelby, what makes Missouri such a difficult team to place in a bracket? I mean, some voters have the Tigers rated high. 
Some barely even have them on the radar. How should the selection committee look at teams when they're missing players or, or games or being canceled? I've got Missouri. I, I got them right where they, I think they need to be about a five seed, but they've got four quad one wins, which is tied for the most of anybody. But I think it's a trust issue, whether we trust them or not. Quanzo uh, Martin as their coach, he didn't. He just doesn't do it for me. And so that's going to be a big drawback. I got to see if I can look past that when it comes to seeding them. Uh, I think they're a good team, but they don't have a, a superstar player and an untrustworthy coach. That's a big factor for me. The games players are out. Yes, the the games that don't get played, I don't know how they can because you're going to have to. There's going to be a lot of games that you factor in, and do you factor in that they did get to have that game, or that you think they would win, or you think they'd lose? I can't. Uh, I can't think they'd assume a team would win or lose. Uh, they may get bonus points, so to speak, on the fact that they schedule them, but not conference games. Well, Eric, you have the final five of the Rockin' Twenty Five for this week. Okay, 21 is Colorado, 22 are the Ohio State Buckeyes, 23 is St. Louis, 24 is Clemson, and 25 is Oregon. We're breaking down the Rocket 25 college basketball poll with our Rocketologists, uh, Eric Haslam, Michael Hunter, and Shelby Mast. Eric, the Big Ten is tough this year. What's different about Ohio State, and can they make a run in the Big Ten tournament? Yeah, I think they can. I think the Big Ten is a free-for-all on any given night, except for, obviously, Nebraska, who hasn't had a D1 victory since December the 1st. But Ohio State has won three of their last four. They're 11-4. and four. They did not look great on Tuesday against Purdue, but before that, they had a 10-point home win over Northwestern. You got a road win at Rutgers by 11 and a win at Illinois. Those last two places are not easy places to play. And, yes, this is a different OSU team. This is a team that won with defense last year, finished the end of the year 10th in defensive efficiency. Well, you lose Andre and Caleb West, and you lose Luther Muhammad transfers to ASU. He was a superb defender. All of a sudden, you go from 10th in defensive efficiency down to 79th. But on the flip side, this team's offense has improved. They're now eighth in the country. Very perimeter focused as far as shot selection goes. They shoot relatively well. They're top 50 in three-point percentage, top 10 and from the mid-range. But, and this is rare for a team that shoots from the perimeter, they also get to the foul line relatively well top three in the country right now in free throw attempt rate. Also top 50 in converting from the foul line, so that's big. Looking at the roster, you have Dwayne Washington and EJ Liddell. They provide the scoring punch 30 points per game combined. Washington in particular shoots 39% behind the arc, 88% from the foul line, which is great, but he's not even close to being the best free throw shooter on the team. That's CJ Walker, who has made 42 of 43 from the line this year, 98%. So that's pretty amazing. I love the addition of Justice Suing, the transfer from, from Cal. He's averaging 11 and five this year for OSU. Michi Johnson comes in this past week. He was a four-star frosh, just joined the team in January. So he's out there right now providing relief at the point guard position. And I think that we're going to find out a little bit more about OSU here in the next few days because you got a pretty tough schedule coming up. you got a game at Wisconsin. You have a home game against Michigan State, and Michigan State hasn't been what they've been in the past, but still can be dangerous. And then they got to travel to Iowa City to play Iowa. So that's going to be a, a pretty tough stretch. We're going to see what the Buckeyes are made of because now we're going to see some pretty stiff competition. But, you know, it's the Big Ten. On any given night, anybody outside of Nebraska could beat anybody. Michael, which teams also received votes? 
Also receiving votes this week are Belmont, Boise State, Drake, Louisville, LSU, Oklahoma State, Purdue, Seton Hall, UCLA, UConn, Utah State, and Winthrop. Question mark. Yeah, I did that on purpose. Hey, Michael, LSU had been doing well in 2021 until they ran to the buzzsaw that is Alabama at home. Fortunately, they have matchups versus struggling Kentucky and A&M coming up. To first hit on Kentucky at this point, I'm not even sure that this Wildcat team is an NIT team, which really speaks to, you know, prognosticators and recruiting rankings. Sometimes the pieces don't just don't fit together. LSU, on the other hand, really had their doors blown off by the Crimson Tide, where Alabama actually appears to be the best team in the ACC. I think they've established themselves as such lately. In regards to LSU, you know, due to Will Wade's conventional recruiting methods in the Sean Miller sense, the top Tigers have really assembled a ton of talent in the bayou. If you haven't seen Cameron Thomas play, you know, you're really doing yourself a disservice. He's a high-scoring 6'4 wing, averaging about 22 points per game as a freshman, and has tremendous poise and has a little bit of that clutch gene. Myself, I'm a huge Trenton Watford fan. He's a six, uh, about a 6'9 sophomore, kind of a hybrid forward that can score from all over the court, on the block, outside, from the line. Pretty good passer. He's just a really good all-around player all over the court, and he does so in a very efficient way. When you add those two stars – along with former five-star recruit Javante Smart and the development of Darius Days, who's also kind of a hybrid forward. This team can really compete with any team in the nation as far as talent goes. The problem is that they don't play a ton of defense, as young stars sometimes don't. And they don't really rebound particularly well either. In my opinion, this team's extremely talented. They may, they're going to get to the tournament. They may lose by 20 in the first round, or they could make an unexpected Elite Eight run. It's very hard to tell with a team such as this. They're not as good as, as teams like the Waters team, but uh, this team's extremely talented. Definitely could beat anybody in the country sans Gonzaga. It's all about defense. It's all about rebounding. I'm not sure they've got the horses on that side of the ball. All right. Where can, uh, where can people follow you guys? All right, you can find me at bracketwagon.com after the Super Bowl on usatodaysports.com and on Twitter at bracketwag. And as always, you can find me at accbr1 on Twitter, accbasketballreport.com on the web, and accbasketballreport on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and we are now listed on Pandora as well. And as always, folks can find me over at haslemetrics.com, my ratings, my rankings, my bracketology, and my projections. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter going hashtag analytically final at Haslametrics. All right, the Rockin' 25 college basketball poll available at 101thebeard.com. Our thanks to Rockin' 25 voters Eric Haslam, Michael Hunter, and Shelby Mast. Almost time for March Madness, and the days to Selection Sunday will be in the 40s when we talk to you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, there you go. Great stuff, as always. All right, Um, when we come back here, Pete's going to update us on the entire Texas Tech sports calendar. A look ahead at the Texas Tech schedule. All right, hey, before we get to that, yeah. Pete, uh, one thing I, that happened uh, this morning was announced, uh, baseball great Hank Aaron passed away today. I don't know if y'all heard that yet. I but did. That was, yeah, I just... Uh, yeah, Hank Aaron, one of the one of the greatest. Uh, yeah, ever. let me think. Did, who's who's the? Because you know, I got to see him when I was a kid. The How tail, old was he? Um, he was eighty six, I believe. Yeah, good for him. And and I actually got to see him. I think it was his final season, and he was with the Milwaukee Brewers. And when I was a, when I was a little kid, my family we traveled to Albuquerque to see an exhibition baseball game. It was the Brewers against the Cubs, and it was yeah, it was Hank Aaron's last season. 
and just to see, even as a little kid, I mean, I knew, you know, you know who Hank Aaron was. You yeah. know, he's, he's one of the greatest names in all of baseball. You know, in the history of baseball, yeah. and uh, just to see him on the field, man, I'll never forget that. Who's the greatest baseball player you ever saw in person? Oh, or your legend kind I'll of player? I'm going Cal Ripken. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, can I tell a quick Hank Aaron story? Yeah. Well, just uh, when I was a kid, I was little. I mean, like seven, and I wanted to be a doctor. And my brother had spray-painted a bike frame and hung it up on the clothesline. People don't even know what clotheslines are anymore. But I'm out playing Cowboys and Indians. I didn't see that bike frame, and I bash my head right into it, and I pass out. And Joe Key, I can remember his name, the Washington Times newspaper boy, that's the competition, to the Washington Post, uh, picked me up, took me to my house. They took me to the hospital. I needed 13 stitches. And uh, I was so grossed out by blood, I did not want to be a doctor. And the next day I said, I'm going to be a sports reporter, announcer, and I still have the papers. I started writing about Hank Aaron wow. that day in my little nice. chicken scratch. How about so anytime that? I think of Hank Aaron, I remember, man, that's the first thing I wrote about yeah. in my broadcasting career. Yeah. Jared, who's, who's the greatest baseball player you ever saw? Le- you've seen legends? Nolan Ryan. Uh, I was about to say, I, that would have been my guess for you. He was yeah. older, but, you know, he had some good years with the Rangers. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. No, but he's definitely one of the greatest pitchers of all time. But, yeah, when you start losing, you know, Don Sutton of the Dodgers passed away yeah. earlier. I hated Tommy the Lasorda. Dodgers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ken Griffey, actually. Oh, okay. yeah. That's, I yeah. saw him in his heyday. Yeah. I actually had great seats. I actually, in high school... I dated a daughter of basically the Pete in DFW, uh, the NBC sports anchor. I dated his daughter. It's oh, great really? seats right there on, on. Is that why you dated her? <laughs> Honestly, I was 15. She had a car and great seats. Nice. Rangers, Mavericks. All right. So, yeah, I dated her for, for a little bit. <laughs> ah, long enough to where I, I, and I, this is probably the last time I ever did this, but I actually said, hey, Griffey. I was 15. I said, hey, Griffey. And he looked up at me. And I said, hit a homer. He winked. Went up there, first pitch, hit a homer. No way. I swear to God. I'm not making this up. Dang, man. Now, he hit a lot of homers anyways around there. <laughs> yeah, but still, so, that's but, cool. But it, it happened. That's a so great I'd story. I'd forgotten about that, actually, yeah. until you said that. But yeah. yeah. No, it's funny things like that. You grew up around DFW, because that's where my family, we always went to you know, see the, the Rangers play. Uh-huh. And as a Yankees fan, I always went there to see the Yankees sure. play and everything. But, yeah, stuff like that, when you, these legendary players start passing away like that, you know, I mean, it, you just – it's uh, kind of you can sit there and start thinking back on on some of those times, like when you're a kid, you know, and watching some of those guys come, you know, play and everything. But uh, all right, well, that was a side note there, yeah. Pete. Back to uh, Texas Tech yeah. here and the uh, sports the calendar for the week. Yeah, uh, you know, the Red Raider basketball team uh, ranked 15th in the, in the net, 12th in uh, AP, 11 and four. Uh, two games, uh, you know, postponed this week. Tomorrow's game with Iowa State at home postponed uh, because of COVID issues for uh, Iowa State, but. Tech next in action, 8 p.m. Monday night, facing West Virginia and Morgantown. That game is on ESPN. Then uh, a little break, and next Saturday they will face LSU and Baton Rouge. That's on either ESPN or ESPN2. Lady Raiders uh, have jumped up to number 90 in the RPI, 8-6, two-game win streak. Uh, they're 1 p.m. tomorrow in Fort Worth, taking on TCU, and that game actually is on uh, that big ESPN Plus uh, I checked. 
and uh, 6 p.m. Wednesday, they return home to face West Virginia. That's on that ESPN+. Plus. Most of these games are. Uh, Red Raider baseball, number three. Uh, we mentioned they're going to be in that State Farm uh, big showdown. They're going to play uh, Arkansas, Mississippi, Mississippi State, February 19th through 21st. All those games at Globe Life Park. Tickets on sale now. Uh, you're a fool if you don't look into it. If you don't, if you like baseball, if you like Texas Tech, if you like going to Dallas, if you like eating Keller's hamburgers with the poppy seeds on the buns out there, incredible. And uh, to to go to all all that together, it is like heaven that weekend. You need to get your face in the place. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, number nine, Texas Tech men's golf. They're heading to Palm Springs, California. That's outstanding. Playing in the Prestige Tournament February 15th through the 17th. Number 14, Texas Tech Women's Golf. They're traveling to uh, Dallas. They'll play in the SMU Trinity Forest Invitational February 1st and 2nd. Texas Tech Track and Field hosting the Red Raider Raider Invitational uh, Saturday. Running the Mar at the Sports Performance Center. Teams from Incarnate Word, UT Arlington, Miami of Florida, Texas State, North Texas, Oklahoma. Barton County Community College all coming to Lubbock last week. Uh, Texas Tech set some huge records, uh, and I'm sure at the Corky Invitational, I'm sure uh, they'll do some incredible things tomorrow as well. Number one, Texas Tech meat judging. You thought uh, this would go away. Think again. (laughs) They just won their 15th national championship. Yes, the Alabama of meat judging right here in Lubbock. They won the High Plains Intercollegiate Meat judging contest in Hereford. Texas Tech outdistanced Big 12 conference rival Oklahoma State at the national championship by 30 points. 4,237 to 4,207. Texas A&M finished third with 4,177 points. Kansas State was fourth. I'm not going to name their points. South Dakota State was fifth. Just under 4,000 points. I believe some marbleization was the key to helping Texas Tech win. I'm not sure. Number five, Texas Tech wool judging in a shortened season due to COVID. They did well. At the uh, at the Collegiate Wool Invitational, the Red Raider Black team took fifth. The Red Raider Red team took eighth. That's a disappointment, isn't it, Pete? Well, it is, but I'll be honest. I have no idea how to judge wool. So uh, that's interesting to me. I've used some steel wool before, and it always like sticks you in the fingers and stuff. You got to wear gloves when you want to rub some things down. And so I usually just hire a handyman and let them take care of it. Well, all right. That's, that's just my. That's just, well, I mean, way let to it do be. It. Let it be known. Do you take have- my man card? I hire people. I, I take it. I don't care. I don't do that type of stuff. Boy, so much feels strongly here. WWE version of Pete is the best. Yeah, version. no kidding. Yeah, I like there, your Pete. You want to throw a chair or something? <laughs> no. Would that even? Yeah. Okay. Why would I throw a chair? Well, well you know. Come Saturday, SmackDown <laughs> three hundred and four. Jeff's going down. Cage match. Boy, man, angry Pete. Angry Pete is the is the best. Pete. It is right. the best Pete. That's, All right. As long as he's no. not angry at you. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah, so Get off my back. Water off my text back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, coming up here, uh, one final segment here on the Rocket Pregame. It's the full court press, four questions, and uh, sometimes thought provoking questions. Uh, so they're kind of interesting. Other times, sometimes. yeah, well, you know, sometimes they're complicated and uh, they just shut you down, and, and, you know, you never know what you get here. But the full court press is next on the Red Raider Outfitter Rocket Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Full court press. And no hedging, you're on the records because it is the full. You sure I can't hedge? 
I was no. hoping to hedge a little bit. Well, you, you, we'll start with you. Three okay. games versus Arkansas, Old Miss, and Mississippi State during the State Farm College Baseball Showdown. All top ten opponents. How many do the Red Raiders, TCU, and Texas win? Okay, so between those three teams, how many total victories? Yes. Um, boy, that's a, that's a tough tournament, but I, I'm going to say five. How many from Texas Tech? Um, boy, you know it's that's that's tough. I'm, I'm going to say Tech wins two, and uh, Texas wins one, and TCU wins two. Pete, what which group of Red Raiders will score more during the game versus West Virginia? Mac McClung and Kevin McCuller, Team Mac. Or Terrence Shannon Jr., Kyler Edwards, and Marco Santos Silva. That's a good question, right there. That is, yeah. and I tried to, to to do my math, and and I came up with uh, uh, thirty-seven to thirty-two. I'm going to go with McClung and McCuller, Team Mac, uh, with the win. Good choice there. Yeah. yeah. Jared, which potential Texas Tech basketball recruit excites you more? I, Isaiah Collier, a point guard out of Georgia, 2023 class, or Vince Iwuchukwu, he is a center from uh, Indiana in the 2022 class, and that's. Well, I know I Iwuchukwu. It, 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 it's, it's, I thought you were saying. I thought you were telling us you were about to get sick. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a seven, he's a seven foot center. Or I will throw you. I will chukwu. <laughs> uh, no, I would I'm, actually. It's not just that I. It's fun to say, but Iwuchukwu is what I'm more excited about. He actually goes to school now. Uh, in the San Antonio area, and basically, look, he's down to Baylor, Kansas, Tech, and Texas, all right? So whoever is going to get him is going to get to use, utilize this seven-foot center, this four-star guy against the other, oh, you man. know, their Big 12 rivals. So I hope Tech gets him. They could use the big man and also, um, you know, you keep him from the other teams. But, man, uh, right now I think Baylor's looking good for him. We'll have to see. Oof. All right. And, uh, is, and then, my the, friends... You got a bonus oh, question? Oh, we got to, well, let me do the bonus question. Yeah, because we've got to do the bonus question, man. Come on. How many teams from the State Farm College Baseball Showdown will we see in Omaha this year? I'm going to say five. Yeah, I'm going to say five, too. Which one? Yeah. Just to be different, I'll say four. Okay. All right. Yeah, you think it happened. And, uh, and that, my friends, is your full court press. <laughs> Did I have a premature buzzer there? You- I hate when that happens. All right.